Welcome back, pod people, to a new episode of Cinema de More. I'm your host, Justin Morgan. I'm here with Chuck and Lexi. And we're talking about Water Walker, directed by Bill Mason, starring Bill Mason, and I don't think anyone else, from 1984. From the <laughs> yeah, Canadian those other people uh, that were oh, yeah, whitewater rapping yeah. for, like, <laughs> for like a good solid 10 minutes of like outtakes of those guys like failing. Yeah, I forgot there were a few other canoeists. <laughs> there, there was an otter there, I think, at one point. There's a, a couple moose. I don't know if There's I was a lot of animals. animals as people. There's a bear. Yeah. It's all the good stuff. I feel like the guy needed a dog or a companion of some sort. Yeah, he, he needed someone to solitude. bounce off ideas. So the Canadian National Film Board is basically like a grant uh, the co- the country will give the filmmaker money to make this pro- whatever their project is and um, I think the result of that is that everything pretty much ends up being a documentary of some sort I don't it seems like everything that is has to be educational to some sort there are real films like there are actual feature length film films like not documentaries as well but not based tend to on find those hi- history more... or anything um well like a lot more like aboriginal stuff so like um you'll find a lot more like stories you know what i mean like aboriginal like stories like they'll tell those in like a movie or what if uh, i was aboriginal in canada and i wanted to make a science fiction movie about uh, you, you know, alien invasion a certain amount of grants but i don't think you would get canadian national film board status you'd probably get like you know funding you get funding to an extent probably get out by like um uh like what is it like cb1 or something like that one of those other like production companies in canada that put stuff out but i mean i took you class get on out. like how to get grants to make films and they pretty much have to be educational or historical reenactment of some sort to get any sort of money from them. If you want to do it's anything that's up like there. an original, I don't know. It's just um, this one will get you like full funding. Like the degree of funding that you get with the National Film Board films is like almost full funding for the whole project from the, the government. You know what I'm saying? Like the amount of Canadian content to it is the amount of funding the government will give to it. Like, if you're making a project in Canada, but you only have, like, a little bit of Canadian in it, it'll give you just, like, a little bit of money. Well, that makes sense to me, but I'm also thinking, like, how do they choose? Like, they can't... They probably don't greenlight everybody. No, so you have to go through, like, a rigorous screening process to get, like, Canadian film board status. Like, it's not easy to get it. You don't just like get handed that. That's why I, I wanted to cover them this month because they're unique in their own way. Like they're their own thing. They get like their own kind of. My buddy Bill Mason and... seemed to make a few of them. He seemed to be okay with getting the grants. <laughs> he just well, he, he just he gets the finances. Summer vacation. Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, it's like yeah. They said his first one was like fifty-eight or something, and he made like a half dozen of them. I think his last one was this one. Yeah, Water Walker, and then he died eight, four years later or something. So that well, kind of think ties about what you just said guy. there. Fifty-eight. Like, 
how far back we've been doing this. Like we've been doing this for a long time, right? But you pay so, for the same thing six times. Pretty much, yeah. But I mean, like the the guy started out in the early days, so he's also been in it for a minute. He kind of, you know, they're like, "Oh, Bill's back," you know. He's been doing it since. What's 58. this documentary like, on? Myself again. Yeah. <laughs> My canoeing. Oh. Bill's going out in Lake Superior again to float around. Go ahead, Bill. We got some money for you. Go ahead. <laughs> like, his shit can't be that expensive anyway. It's probably like two people with a camera and him. Yeah, but how big is the grant for it, you know? Right. I mean, there's film processing and stuff like that. And um, if he's out there like doing that all summer long, he's making some decent money off of it, I'm sure. Well, uh, and, he, and he made all original music for the film. So... The music for this is so weird. It's like it's so weird. <laughs> it's like a very weird synth music that's not like exactly like what you would think of for 80s synth. Maybe it's 80s Canadian synth. Well, I don't know. The one thing you have to realize about Canada is that we're always about 10 years behind you guys. So like this is more like 74. Yeah. <laughs> so so like we're using 80s technology, but it's like our mindset is 74, so it feels like it's from the 70s. The like... Water Walker song sounded like it was trying to be a police song. Yeah. It sounded like <laughs> Sting, or someone trying to be Sting. Yeah, the lyric, especially when the lyrics came in, I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and he was clearly trying to bring a lot of Native American influence into it, but He's it like... felt felt a bit like cultural appropriation. I want to make sure that I yeah. wanted I wanted proof that the guy doing that voiceover is actually a native uh, cuz yeah. it, it very much was like was like is it just a white guy being like the white man stole my land and you should respect my land and I was like is it is it really a is it really a native guy doing the voice I I I see where he's what he's trying to do but is he did he actually hire a native guy to do the voiceover did he did he get another random guy? And was just like, like Did the equivalent of up? do black, do black voice. The guy's name was like Wastif, so it was like that's an interesting name. I don't know if it's Aborigine or if it's just a Canadian name that I've never heard before. Maybe he was like Gray Owl. No, his name wasn't Gray Owl. <laughs> Gray Owl was a white man who pretended to be a Native American. It wasn't him, unless he also has a. Another fake name. I I don't. I was kind of. Overall, I was kind of jealous because I just wished that I could just canoe all summer long and and paint and and film <laughs> it and get paid to do it like that. Honestly, put me in a kayak instead of a canoe, and I would. Uh, that could be my life. Just easily. float you down the river. Mm -hmm, just find some rivers to. I wouldn't be doing any of that shit about carrying my <laughs> carrying my canoe over land <laughs> and then being like, oh, I love the walk back. Of course you do. You just carry the heaviest canoe of all time, <laughs> that old wooden canoe. I like the um, paintings, which I'm not even sure is real, but it looks like there's a dragon, but then the camera like zooms uh, off to the left and there's like... I'm guessing it's like a Viking boat, but it's like the emphasis is on the fact that it's a boat. Or his like rock formations where he was like, you know, this is how they didn't have a written language. They would use pictograms or they would change the shape of rocks. I'm thinking 
I go down the river here and I see rocks change, and I know it's just modern day people. <laughs> so how is he so confident that it's a, like a Native American? I don't know. This felt like some shit they would have made me watch in like school. Like I would have been in school and they'd be like, "We're well, gonna have a treat today. We're gonna watch Riverwalker." <laughs> so they would have to made me, us had that feeling too because he was Canadian Bob Ross, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He was that same mellow. The only thing was Bob Ross would be like anything he paints excellent, and this guy was throwing shit away, burning it. <laughs> he just—that's what he said. He just pushes the paint around till he thinks uh, something's happening, and then he's like, "Yeah, I guess that's a painting." Well, he tries to capture an emotion, which I think is cool. He's also a photographer. He said he doesn't like the photography as much, though. Did he work with Terrence Malick? Because I'm sure Terrence Malick would like his work. <laughs> I have no idea. Was this was this what uh, Terrence Malick was working on when he uh, disappeared for from Hollywood for like 20 years? Was he up yeah. in Canada shooting... Uh, <laughs> shooting Bill Mason stuff. I mean, the timing might actually be right, because I think 78... I like Days of Heaven, 78. Yeah, and then 98 for Yeah, because it was like so exactly 20 years, so I mean, yeah. That's, he was that in maybe, Canada. That's what, we, that's what we've discovered. He went up there. That's why he wouldn't save uh, He wouldn't save him when he started drowning in the lake. He was like, no, this is art. <laughs> He's I'll like film a... your death from my heart. Yeah, that was he... so funny. He's just like, he just bails out of the... <laughs> Of the canoe and leaves it in the ocean. And, I just know, like I the narration the of him being like, "I was, I was doing too much, kind of like to show off because the camera was there, yeah. and I'm gonna be in an accident." And then it was like the next shot was it's half sunk, and he's swimming back, and it does. It reminds me of like a nature video of like we're not gonna flip the turtles over that fall yeah. on their backs. We're just the, the seals getting chased by the sharks. <laughs> like well, the we're gonna watch him, and if he dies, yeah. he dies. I guess. It's so funny because it's such a long scene yeah. that it did make me think of, like, Grizzly Man. I'm like, is this guy going to end up dying on this canoe? <laughs> I fucking but, love Grizzly Man. That's one of my favorite movies. Really so good. See, I think that this movie could have been better if it was done by, um, God, what's his name? Warner Herzog. You know, yeah, Warner Herzog. This movie could have been better. This... It, it, he just need there. There's definitely not... A plan for this movie. He 100% just filmed himself, and then did everything later. Like, I I feel like just walked into the booth and, like, so what's your narration? Oh, I don't know. Well, did you have a plan? No, I was just filming myself, and then I figured I'd just say stuff over it's it later. It's just like, like his there's, painting. There's no, yeah, there's no, because it's it's hard to even figure out what the, like what his, what his message for this film is. It goes, it just keeps changing every time he has a new narration between. Is it a whole thing about how, you know, uh, the white people stole the land from the natives? But then it's then it just all of a sudden is just, I like old-fashioned canoes instead of modern canoes because I just think they're better. I think they're real <laughs> neat. And I'm just like, okay. And then Once the next I learned thing is about like, canoes as a child, I stopped learning because I knew what yeah, it yeah. would be. Like when the, I was a kid, I liked canoes. <laughs> I liked them a lot, like way I, I too much. Yeah, they thought I, I had something uh, wrong with me because I was way too into canoes. Yeah, I, <laughs> didn't, I don't see moose too often. Oh, look, there's a moose. Oh, huh, that's sees, cool. like two of them for not seeing any of them. Yeah. And then the last ten minutes is just shots of everything looking completely destroyed and then it's just an environmentalist thing and I was like well that has not been in the movie at all for this entire time like him 
him talking about like you know pollution and things destroying the environment so I'm like I'm just like I, I don't know what his idea was again I do think he was literally just filming himself and then was just I'll just add my narration later and we'll figure out what the movie's supposed to be and there's there's just no identity to this movie of what his overarching idea he wants to convey to the viewer is I knew I didn't want to have a real job and be a normal person when I grew up. Uh, yeah. So I just fucked off in lakes for the rest of my life. And I'm what people call and eccentric. <laughs> Him, like, after he got out of that water and he was, like, had his fire and he was just, like, sh- <laughs> shivering. And <trying laughs> like, staring off at nothing. Because <laughs> he saw his light flash before his eyes. That's when, that's he- when the narration should have been, like, I thought I was gonna see Jesus today. I'd really like that. I like how he he admits that a lot of the stuff that we've seen in the documentary is fake. And we're like, no shit, yeah. you're by yourself, and the camera keeps changing all these angles that there couldn't possibly be a camera <laughs> in at that that second. Well, it's like half the time his canoe is full of his shit, and then half the time his canoe is not full of his shit. Then half the uh, time it's like... sinking, and he's not in his canoe. <laughs> That's what he's wondering, like, is every year just, like, uh, you know, between films? Was it just go to the go to the film board? Hey, give me a little bit of money so I can go on a canoe this summer. Okay, here you go. Then he comes back. Where's the movie? Ah, I didn't get it yet. You should give me some more money, and I'll go back out next summer. <laughs> then when he, yeah, at the end when he, th- he's like, he's like, oh, you might be confused. I was kind of sneaky. That's from a few years worth of footage. This closeted gay man who's, like, going out making There was something that's, like, I saw a review that was, like, five stars, and they're like, who is this twink daddy? (laughs) (laughs) He had the voice of a, we we said he's, like, the Bob Ross of canoeing, but his voice is much closer to uh, John Waters. Like, I just was, like, half what I was expecting half the time is from him to go to be, like, to be like something about like uh oh look at that moose isn't that like, great and he had that he, he also had that like neckerchief uh, yeah he had the neckerchief and his shirt open all the time and i was just like this guy this guy is like a, a homosexual man who can't admit that he's a homosexual that's man. why i had to keep reminding you that he believes in jesus christ <laughs> our lord and savior who would never allow him to be like that and he has a family but we never see the family yeah it's like i well, have two kids that's why he has to go out canoeing by himself to get away from them, and you know, I'm sure his uh, cameraman that was with him. Yeah. But you're always going out with uh, Dave, the cameraman. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's tough when it's just the two of us out in the woods, and uh, I got to make sure I got that big roomy tent. You can't get me in those small tents. There's, there's no I room never to do go anything in a in pup there. tent. <laughs> yeah, there's no room in those tents. I got to have the big roomy one that I can really get around in. He had a bad experience in a pup tent one time. <laughs> He's like, never again. This is like something that I would imagine seeing on like PBS. For sure, absolutely. I, I don't. I found it kind of relaxing. I didn't find it having a very strong purpose because, like Chuck said, it went around and around for being like something about nature to him talking about his art. To the you know white man's coming in and destroying the land, which we don't really get too much of, except for the end, like Chuck said, or that weird like Lynchian shot of the waterfall turning into a dam for one second and then f- fading back out to the a waterfall. 
I think it was very deep and very profound in that it's a presentation of a person who chose to not play the game to be part of the system and they chose to live their life by their rules and their own what have you so obviously they've been able to get by so Even if he I lied feel like to he us, doesn't like exist kinda, if he lied to yeah. us I hope that that would be kind of cooler if he was living off the grid you know throughout all that time but I mean for all we know he went home every single day or every other day you I, know we don't know how long he I feel like stayed out and camped I feel like he wouldn't be able to exist in today's world but that people like him do exist in today's world but that he himself could not exist like he, he currently would be doesn't very exist that's true world. he couldn't exist well, as he is deceased he, he died four years after this film which i thought was very interesting that another one that, that we a recurring watched, theme but he didn't die from canoeing <laughs> yeah. which is a real shame because no I feel like that's and, how he should have went out the other thing that's interesting is that this one takes place in the Great Lakes, which the first one, the guy was trying to jump over um, the St. Lawrence River, um, and he was doing it out of on, like the Ontario border. And then the Great Lakes are all based in the Ontario area. So this is another film that kind of comes out of the eastern area, north, like that kind of, the, the Great Lakes area. So all the films that we've covered are essentially so far in the 1980s but they're all like in the same area and so I thought that was kind of interesting how everything that we covered inadvertently is all out of like Ontario in it like inadvertently because the like Lake Superior that he's working off of is like right off of like the whole he's not even like, really in Canada I mean. he's like you know that's practically international waters it's it's international waters yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> in a lot of ways you're not wrong he did pull out that map, and it was like it said Canada very large at the top. So I believe he was there, <laughs> like from a like from a cartoon. It says like real big, like yeah. Canada on one side, USA on the other. It looks like he probably like specifically stays along the Canadian side of Lake Superior. I mean, the Great Lakes are fucking huge. So I wanted to see him yeah, do more like... rapids since he was uh, talking them up. I'm more interested to know how somebody that if they really don't know the land and they're like, hell, I'm going to go down this river and see what it's about. Who takes the chance going down some rapids that they're not really sure 100% how it's going to go? He imagines how he would go down the rapids, but I mean, I just kind of also imagine somebody being like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to go down these. And then there's like Mm -hmm. a huge waterfall at the end or something like that. (laughs) Have you ever done whitewater rafting or any of that? Yep. But you I've have a guide. I, I, I don't... I, I've never went where, like, I didn't know it was coming up. Like, I've never been... Right. Like, I've never just went into river and it's like, I hear a lot of water, so I know we're getting close <laughs> to something. And then I'm like, fuck it, I'll go for it anyways. <laughs> like, I have never Do done you ever that. just, like, go swimming in a river? Like, hang out in a river? Like, yeah. that kind of thing? I, I like, I used to do that all the time when I was growing up. I am honestly jealous of what this guy is doing in this movie. Like, I know he's not doing much of anything, but just like chilling in it, chilling in his canoe was—that's where I would want to be if I could be, you know, nowhere. Now I'll tell you the final shot when he does it in the winter. I was like, absolutely not. 
like I was it's like it was beautiful to look at, but I was like, man, that's so fucking cold. It's like I was so cold just looking at it. <laughs> it's the only way he could walk on the water like Jesus. Yeah. I ain't taking that risk. <laughs> he he falls through the falls through the lake. <laughs> right? Fuck that. No way. Well, I think it's funny because having watched The Devil at Your Hills and then Water Walker, neither seem to be, like, the best at their profession. Like, he never came off to me, like, that he was that good of a canoeist. He was never that good of a painter. He definitely enjoyed it. Like, he enjoyed the hell out of it. But just, like, the sh- like him going down the river with his stick and stuff, where I'm like you know that is just a a regular ass stick so how (laughs) long did it take for him to find that thing to get you know down like I'm sure it was him stuck on rocks for a good bit that's probably why that guy just was like letting him drown like please let this be over (laughs) I want to go home I want (laughs) to see my family (laughs) when he uh, Jerry Jerry rigs the sail on the canoe that was pretty slick that was pretty cool but then it's, it's sort of like he does play it off like he just casually did it and I'm, I'm sure it probably took a hell of a lot more work for him to rig that thing up than <laughs> but I mean if I was making a movie about myself I'd be like oh yeah I'm the, the most excellent wilderness person like <laughs> it would just be footage of me looking insanely smart and he sees everything he says he's like you never see wildlife out here like this it's pretty pretty sparse and then he sees like two moose and a bear He's like, oh, oh shit, there's some stuff. But yeah, I would love to just go down some river and then paint a shitty <laughs> painting of a waterfall, eat some sandwiches or whatever. Yeah, you but can do I, that. You can give up. You can but quit. I need to get the money. You can quit playing I, the game. I yeah, need... fuck the money. No, you need the money. This guy wasn't surviving without the money. He wasn't hunting or fishing. He literally brought like snacks. <laughs> He brought, like, snacks. Come on, ha- <laughs> hashtag canoe life. Come on. Come on. He was making Campbell's soup and making it look like I, he, like, forged it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see him making fire. Like, he always just straight up had his fi- camp ready to yeah. go. Everything was always that. Yeah, we, we never, like, saw him setting up the tent or anything. That's why I was like, like, does he does he have, like, a bunch of guys there that are, like, setting everything up for him off, off camera? And then it's just like, yep, yep, I definitely did all this by myself. That's a documentary I'd want to see. The one where, like, to the camera, he at, he thinks that he's fooling everybody, but they continuously show the footage of like the people helping him pull it off. He's like the he's like the original uh, Bear Grylls when everyone was like, oh, that guy, the guy survives out there, and they're like, oh, he has like granola bars, and he has a guy behind him that's like tying off his ropes and doing everything for him. He's not he's not actually just out there by himself, you know, surviving in the wilderness. Yeah, I would die season one if I was doing something like that. I don't know. I, I Overall, I like the movie. I don't really know what the hell it was that I was watching. I, I was very mellow, and I was very relaxed watching it. Uh, if I wanted to get some facts or some information, I might be more irritated. But when I looked this movie up, this was like on a couple people's top ten lists of these national film boards movies Canadian National Film Board movies so that's what I went with that was my research 
it was like he's a canoeist. I'm like, it sounds nice. Let's see what it's about. Well, you, it w- you gave it five stars on your your. Um, it's a perfect movie. It's inoffensive. So. It's not. Uh, it's not outwardly bad. No, it's it's it's. Uh, I also feel like if I feel like he was at a little bit of a wrong time. Like if he, if this was filmed now and he was able to do it with GoPros and stuff, and really show like the impact of. You know, environmental impact or like industrial impact or something like that. He could have. He would be if he grew up today. Like if he was a, if he was a similar age today, yeah, he would be like a YouTuber. That would do like adventure blogs or something like that. That would one hundred percent be what he'd, he'd be doing. He'd be an be influencer, like a life person, or something like that. Yeah. Like I thought about that too, because I was like, because when I made that statement of like people like him don't exist anymore, <clears throat> and I was like, people like him exist, but like in a different form, like they're in a different way. Because um, the thing about him was that he was very pure, and that he was like, I just want to make, like, I just want to exist in art and like kind of life like i just want a slice of life like he was very much like in the moment kind of thing it wasn't really like he gave a shit and it seems like people who do that stuff nowadays they do it as an image it doesn't really feel as genuine because like you said like it's an influencer thing or like a youtube thing or there's somebody just he wasn't genuine about it though I kind of I would agree with you on that. I feel like I feel like Tom Green is trying to be this guy now. Like, I would feel like this guy would probably not want to cowboy stuff. You know, do you you know what I'm talking about though? Like, where Tom Green's just driving around a van, like out in the desert, like filming himself, and like now he's making like country music and like has a dog and just like travels around and yeah, you have many different stages in life. Unfortunately for for Tom Green. He's always Canadian. He can't get out of that. <laughs> <laughs> is Tom Green going to be the next Bill? Uh, I he, think I feel answer? like Tom Green's pretty much done. I could be wrong, but he just started a whole new podcast. He's got a he's got a whole. This but guy was making me even think really of, listen uh... to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> feels like a dying art form. That uh... yeah, it's a totally dying art form. <laughs> It'd be crazy to get into. He's just grasping at straws at this point. This guy with his uh, when he was fixing his canoe and he had like a big big roll of duct tape um, made me think. Uh, I believe this is a Canadian show, Lexi. That I don't know if you're uh, familiar. Yes, Red with. Green Red Show. Red Green Show. Oh, that as was soon on. As you said duct tape, yeah. I was like, yeah, Red Green Show. I used to watch that. They played that, that on PBS. When that I was, was my kid. favorite show. Yeah, yeah it was I always on PBS enjoyed that. Like, yeah, as soon as he pulled out a roll of duct tape and just show. being Canadian, I was like, I was like. Damn, he's like red green. He's just he's got that role on hand. He was just he's just red ready. <laughs> That's my favorite show. I used to watch every episode of the fucking show. So good, so stupid. Well, I know but, yeah. he, he was like anti newer canoes, but I felt Didn't want like those plastic ones. If he was alive today and he could get like a lighter kayak, like there's no way he wouldn't love that. He I don't know. He seemed like a traditionalist. Yeah, but he carried so much shit by, like... But think of his back strength, like... It's probably all, all yeah, fake. How do you... It was Doug or whatever. Doug the cameraman. Was <laughs> no, he's got to have that strength. How else does he swim through that uh, that current that was going to pull him out to the middle of the lake where he's going to die? 
He had to have I mean, that real yeah. strength. He, he did have a he did have a life preserver on, so yeah, that only keeps yeah, you for did. so long. He did talk about how cold it was, and I'm sure being in Canada, it was pretty cold. Yeah. The Great Lakes are fucking freezing. They're some of the coldest water I've been in. I've been to Lake Erie in the summer, and it's still not warm. Yeah, it's it's cold as shit. And like um, in the winter, the lakefront water, like cold front that you get it's some of the coldest fucking wind you'll get like, yeah and easily. i think th- it was just re- well when i say recent probably within the last five years somebody drowned in like lake erie like kids yeah. went out on a boat and the wind took them away or something i don't know some horrible thing like that happened lake ontario is one of the most polluted lakes in the whole fucking world well, that's where this should when have i was taken a kid place. growing up they would be like don't yeah, but this don't one's the superior one so. yeah lake superior that's right Lake Superior is less polluted in all actuality than Lake Ontario. There's more toxins dumped in Lake Ontario than like any lake. It's, it's not worse than Pittsburgh. That's how you know that like tourists, when you're um, in Toronto and you see them swimming in Lake Ontario, and you're just like, you're clearly not from here. Like, you don't swim in the lake like at all. That's so gross. I saw a bunch of Bill Masons the other day. We were driving along one of the rivers here, and there's, like, the homeless encampments are starting to pop up along the the riverbanks. And I said to Steph, my wife, I'm like, isn't that... Wouldn't it be fucking freezing at night to be camped right next to the water like that? Don't you think you would want to be blocked from the, the air? Still a source of fresh water, though. I mean, you could be in the trees and come out for your water. Listen, it's not fresh water. <laughs> it's I, pretty much I most know. disgusting water. I water. know. It, like, I'm, I'm aware. That, there's still old buildings I where the sewage it, still I goes into I'm the river. Like... <laughs> oh, fresh water. Oh, my... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're fucked, you're fucked, right? Yeah, and there was, like, one of those water plants, like the uh, Pittsburgh Water and Sewage or something. They were sued couple of years ago too for polluting the water like pouring sludge out into the rivers or something like that I mean you're in an area where they have some of the worst water in all of the country I mean not Flint Michigan you're not you're not you're not I was gonna say you're not Michigan but Pittsburgh is not I lived in fucking Manessa not the water that came out of those taps were fucking vile like I couldn't drink any of that water it was disgusting it came out cloudy like showering there was disgusting let alone like like do you have like a bunch of filtration systems on your house on top of like not a bunch just in my refrigerator and shit just like the water that we're gonna drink (laughs) I don't trust it anymore because you get a letter you get a letter like the lead was too high the last two months I'm like so two months ago like two months of (laughs) we could be drinking tap water for two months and the lead was just terrible yeah it's awful. I just don't trust it. And then I think of things like Flint, Michigan, where like they still haven't fixed the problem after how many years? So, well, we don't even know what's going to happen to you guys after that train crash. Uh, hopefully that's up far <laughs> enough away from us. You don't know. I don't know. We're man. Gonna get, you get cancer. To you. You're going to be like, hmm, wonder what it was from. <laughs> of all the things in my <laughs> life, was it yeah. water? I mean, was, it, was it the microplastics? We're so full of microplastics. Yeah. I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> the the building that had asbestos that they were improperly removing was that it? Was Which it the one? Train crash. <laughs> there were so many. 
I mean, literally, yeah. I feel like living in Manesson, Pennsylvania for a year and a half, like, shortened me my life, like, five years. I would say with this movie, living... with, with Waterwalker, that I don't... I, I he, The guy approached it, like, way too relaxed. Even, like, Bob Ross had more structure to his episodes and shit that he was doing. But I agree with Chuck. I was like, as much as I found it, like, soothing to put on and just kind of chill with this guy in his canoe I felt like it should have been one or the other and it was ended up being like four different things like the religious stuff never really seemed to fit the voiceovers from the Indian guy never, <laughs> never seemed to fit either no they seemed to actually the the Indian stuff seemed uh, highly offensive to me like it just like I wasn't I offended so it, just, it just felt like so out of place like it felt very stereotypical like it, it just felt like it was it, it felt like it was even if he got a native guy to do the voiceover like it was very clearly written by like a white guy well especially when you know canada's history with native americans it just kind of felt like an additional level of like i get what you're going for bud but like just don't like stop like please please stop Nope. I I hope he came back and they're like, "Can you add some Aborigine things to this?" And he said, "Sure." <laughs> and then that's how it happened. They're like, "Bill, we'll give you a little bit more grant if you get a little bit more Aboriginal." Yeah. I mean, the nice thing about these movies too are they're very accessible. They're all over the place. They're on the website for the national they're on Canadian YouTube. National Film Board YouTube. I saw Daily Motion and. Movie, Mubai, or whatever, however you say that. It's all over the place. You can't miss these things. Which is nice. It's nice to know that these are all free and readily accessible to people if they're genuinely interested. It just makes me think of, like, how... I saw somebody bring it up for the, the things that they're doing attacks tax write-offs for, like Bat WB with Batgirl and this Wile E. Coyote movie. I feel like if they do turn it in for like insurance money it should become like a public domain thing like it should just be free as is like yeah i agree with you and yeah if you're not gonna profit like you're telling me like you get you spend how much money and you might get like a 30 million dollar tax credit thing for the way that you're writing it off you don't think if you put it in theaters with like shitty ass advertising like bare minimum advertising or throw it on your streaming service that it's not going to get people to watch it well I feel like we as Americans should all own a percentage of GM considering how many times we've bailed them out as taxpayers like True. but I'm trying to keep this with like the film industry aspect of but you the get, government like, paid mean, like, for this fi film and we're able to see it for free and I feel like America ha should have something similar to it whenever they're trying to do tax write-offs for their movies but I agree with you like I'm I think it's the same thing like when the government pays taxes to bail something out then, then it becomes ours right as the people shouldn't it I don't think it is but I feel like it should be because <clears throat> we're paying for it so if we're paying for it then it should become ours essentially i mean i don't even know how much we pay for these things like when they say that it's like a 30 million dollar thing 
how much are we paying or how much are they like not paying it could be like a bankruptcy thing and they're just not paying the taxes that they owe well the government doesn't just get money like it's not a, it's not a business like it's not selling something it's it's money all comes from us so if it's all coming from us then but it doesn't have to because i think of things like amazon where they don't pay fucking taxes at all well that's, that's and a have whole they other... paid had they paid taxes i'm, I'm sure yeah. you could put it into our roads and everything else we're we're on the capitalism discussion and we don't want to be there <laughs> it's your fucking Canadian film, national Canadian film board movies well, that have Canada is discussion. mildly socialized. In the, but see, here's the irony of that: is that you tell a Canadian that they're socialized, and they'll go, "We're not socialist." And they'll get all fucking mad at you, and they'll have a big fit, even though they're socialist as fuck. So, it's it's really funny. Nobody wants to be socialist. They don't want to say they're socialist. They don't want to admit they're socialist. But then they do socialist shit, and it's just like, why you got such a problem with this? Like, when did these things become such a dirty word? It's like, it's so stupid. It's like, nothing wrong with socialism. There's nothing wrong with socialism. There's nothing wrong with it. It's helpful. It's good. It's a good thing. Don't be fucking ignorant. How is it good? It helps your people. How does it help your people? <laughs> it create systems that allow your people to live and not suffer when done properly Ugh. gives them things that like sounds like a terrible place <laughs> right like i just want jeff like, bezos to have more money and uh, right i'll just die sooner yeah right, well, let him go to the moon or mars i want elon musk <laughs> to keep failing his way to popularity oh my god <laughs> i'm still waiting on that cage match with him and mark zuckerberg that's Still hoping that'll awesome. happen. You think that I would happen in a socialist environment? No. It would have to. <laughs> I met someone who still thinks that they're going to get their Cybertruck. And I was like, bud. They sh- they're shipping those this year to they, people they are that sh- don't know who's actually going to get one. <laughs> but somebody somebody somewhere on this planet is going to get a Cybertruck this year. They showed one going up a hillside and it couldn't make it up like, a, oh like not God. too bad of an incline. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Plus, they said the the material it's made out of like, you fingerprints up like crazy, <laughs> like it looks I, bad, like fast. Well, if it's anything like the DeLorean, like okay, you know how the DeLorean's made out of like the body panels are made out of stainless steel. Yeah. So they oxidize if you throw baloney or if you bleed on them. It's really funny. Well, just don't so bleed you on take, your car. Come on. Yeah. So you, a you take a piece thing. of baloney and you take a piece of baloney and you throw it on a, a DeLorean's body panel. It'll turn like this, like it'll make a green circle on the DeLorean's body panel. So maybe you could do that to the Cybertruck. If you threw baloney on my DeLorean, I'd kill you. <laughs> You're like, look what I got. And I show up with some Oscar Mayer and just start hucking out of your car. <laughs> You have all these green rings all over your fucking car. <laughs> I'd have blood on it too for when I ran you over. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least they would oxidize into it, be a permanent part of the car. I was like, no, that was that was there when I bought it. Did I ever the tell you the I licked? blood stain. I licked the very first DeLorean ever manufactured. Uh, I don't know. Did that stain it? Uh, it did not. But I walked over the barrier at the uh, museum, and I licked the first DeLorean. Not one, one of one. 
That explains everything <laughs> about you. Like, I have no questions anymore. a lot anymore. of lead in the paint on that or something. Yeah. Or yeah. 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 It was in Ohio. The was light bulb a... came on, and you're just like, socialism. There was just literally nobody inside the museum, and I was there alone, and I'm like, I'm going to lick this. Like, lick the first floor. I would have got inside of it. No, I couldn't do that. That would have gotten me in so much trouble. But I got to ride in a Willys Jeep afterwards. It's like a 1942 Willys Jeep. It's pretty cool. You licked it, and that was your reward? That was my reward. I've licked a lot of things I shouldn't. Have you ever licked a canoe? Have I ever licked a canoe? I might have. That's actually something I might have. Have you ever licked the first wooden canoe? Like you're in a museum, and you're like... No, no. That thing's hundreds of years old, and you're like... But, I'm you know, Zion, the... The, the park Zion. No, no, in um The in last Utah, city, the last human Zion. city. I went to Zion and there was this springs in Zion and it said like do not touch or drink because it's like going to make you sick if you touch or drink it so of course I climbed over the barrier and licked that too I was very sick that night <laughs> you're still sick <laughs> sure <laughs> so, I, so I got the brain worms with Zion no you're fine you're fine <laughs> um I, I feel like I don't want to watch any more stuff from Bill Mason. I'm I'm fine with his magnum opus apparently. Like I'm <laughs> sure this is his best his canoeing and art film. <laughs> I can guarantee it is. I mean, it's the one that definitely probably had the best looking footage because just because of it probably had the best cameras at that point. I want you to know, Justin. Yes. That you picked peak Canadian film. Like this is like this is as canadian as it gets like this is the kind of shit that they would like make me watch this is the kind of stuff that would like pop up on television all the time when you're trying to find something to watch and be like oh god like there's just nothing and this is what you have especially growing up in like the 80s and 90s like this was very very common to find yeah like on television and like be given with frequency like stuff like this very common content so you know, if an really American like was doing this, the they head. would get angry and, like, break their canoe with their own paddle. Like, this guy almost dies twice, and he's the most mellow person in the world. Like, I would have got to see Jesus if I would have went then. He also managed to get his ass in the film at least once. Maybe a few times. He was like, make sure you get my ass in that Is show. that not illegal, the, the skinny dipping? No, we actually show nudity on our television. There. I know you can show nudity, nudity, but is there allowed? Is like, it's a public space. Uh, no, you can't in public spaces. So he's breaking the law. He's a rebel. I, I mean, like he's it. out in the middle of the woods. That's not a public space, is it? It's as public of a space as it can be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he found the group of people canoeing at some point. I don't know where the hell they were. I did like the let's go up the rapids slightly because it's difficult and then ride it back down. And it looked like a hell of a lot of fun until they did the takes that were just all of them dipping their boats. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Canoes fucking suck because when they fill up with water, yeah. they're like impossible to get out of the water. 
to dump. Like, you know how heavy that guy's boat was when he recovered it the day after his, like, first drowning, and he's got that little bucket to get the water out instead of flipping the canoe, because the canoe is probably, like, with all that water, it's probably, like, 600 pounds of water. I think he said it was, like, a 14-foot canoe or something like that, too, so... Well, or no, 16. Fill, 16 foot. I'm like, that's pull. a huge canoe for that guy. They'll pull to whatever side they start filling, too, so they'll start tipping, like, whatever direction they're yanking. He the did have a cool from. maneuver when he was going down the rapids the one time, and his boat flipped around, and instead oh, of, Oh, and he, like, like spun, just got up and, like, walked yeah, around. instead of circle. controlling it, he just, walked slick, to the other, yeah. he just walked to the other side of his canoe. He that just stood great. up and I... turned around. I was like, that's so fucking slick. <laughs> also, too, like, going down the rapids and, like, no helmets whatsoever. <laughs> like, you know, one wrong move, you smack your head off a rock, you're, you're dead. Which is what, where I thought he was going to go. I thought he was going to go the route of uh, the devil at your heels, where he just died doing his thing. But I didn't. couldn't believe that his shoes were, like, he's had socks on with, like, just, like, loafers. He had pa- like, regular ass pants on with a belt, some like a cra- well, crazy ass belt, but I think that was his little hint of who he was, like Chuck said. <laughs> he did. He had like loafers on a few times too. They look like dress shoes. I'm like, what is this guy wearing out in the woods? It's like getting out of the river, and he's like in the rapids, and he's like losing his shoe in the rapids, and I'm like, well, of course you're losing your fucking shoe. You're wearing loafers and socks. And they look like wool socks, too. And I'm just like, why are you wearing socks at all? Like, you're getting... Oh, there's nothing worse than, like, wet socks. Like, that's not the worst fucking feeling Unless ever. you love wet socks. I guess he does. I was, like, wondering that. I was like, do you think he gets off on, like, wet socks yeah, or something? Like... In his open tent, like Chuck said. His big open tent. I feel like that guy, too, like... When there was one moment too where he was carrying his canoe over his head through the woods, and you could just the camera in, the, in inside the canoe, and you could just hear this fly, and I'm like, you know, this guy's just getting eaten up by bugs like crazy. <laughs> oh, I thought that too. It's like, I was like the black flies must be yeah, fucking awful. Horse flies just eating this guy pieces. We get these bugs in Canada. They're called black flies. They're little tiny black flies, and they eat the flesh like off of you they don't like bite you and like in, like a mosquito and so where they bite you'll start having like rivulets of blood run down because like they're eating the skin away they're fucking know, I'm awful always getting bit by bugs they have a whole cartoon about them in canada the black fly song it's uh interesting it's a Although cartoon that might just be a maritime a thing yeah they got a whole song there's a song about everything in Canada. It's weird. There's even a song about Canada. Yeah. Um, something I haven't talked about that I should have talked about sooner was in Canada, they have these things called Canadian Heritage Moments. And every time there's a commercial break in Canada, they run these little vignettes. They're like a minute long. And they're like film quality, like Hollywood grade film quality vignettes about canadian history and they're little things that will tell you stories about canada's history to educate the people in canada so growing up we had to watch these canadian heritage moments every single 
possible commercial break on every single TV show that you watch ever. So, yeah, that was a big part of growing up. That and those are nice. also paid for by the Canadian government. Well, you know, I thought it was interesting when I was talking government about control it. Government control is really I love, cool. I love showing them to people because they're really funny. I'm going to send you guys some when we're done today. But um, they're interesting in the fact that we educate our people and like our history like we like to like let our people know our history obviously there's going to be some bias in them like i don't figure there's not but uh i think it's interesting how we don't do anything to educate our people at all and canada's like make sure that there's always like little things about canadian history playing at all times on our television like make sure there's always like facts and things and make sure that like we pay all this money to people who are out there making things about like our people and our stuff and like make sure that people in Canada really like understand Canada and like whatever because I think like with Canada like they're, they're so worried about getting lost like they're so worried about us getting lost in our in America and like getting lost in like the rigmarole of everything else because we're so easy like we want so badly to be British and we want so badly to be American. And so like we're this weird cross section of British and American. And so it's like, it's really easy for us to lose our culture. We do have our own culture. So it's like, we're so obsessed with like our letting people. You kind of like, do have a culture. It's, under, it's, it's like nice America. Kinda. It's I mean, like it's polite, more polite that. America. Mostly. Our next movie kind of ruins nice. that. We're yeah. not nice people at all. Like that's the thing. Like, uh, that's an impression that people need to get out of their heads. Canadians are not nice. We're only nice to everyone else. Like, that's the thing. It's that we have manners to an extent. So it's like we go around the world and you think we're really nice. And everybody's like, Canadians are really nice. It's like, no, we're fucking assholes. It's just like we're nice to you guys. Like, <laughs> You're we like talk gra- so much grade shit. school mean or something. But yeah, <laughs> They talk um, so much shit. Canadians talk more shit than anybody I've ever met. Like, Waterwalker, see it. Um, if you just want to chill... Like, maybe the weather's way too cold, and you wish you were outside. This will have you longing for the outdoors, I'm sure. And painting. You might want to paint while you're out there. It's also, if you're into, like, existential stuff, if you're into, like, spirituality, it's got some good, that kind of stuff, like, hippie, you know, slice of life kind of those kind of discussions if you're into that kind of thing there's definitely a lot of that there there's a lot of that kind of stuff yeah Uh, and uh, next week Chuck will be covering what Uh, 10-7-4-1 is that also a Canadian National Film Board movie okay We'll we'll see you next week with uh, ten seven to life, for life, two life or four life. It's four life. Forever. Ah. Uh,